Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. Coming up on SportsCenter, how will Lonzo handle the pressure of his MSG debut? Mark Jackson reveals, while Stephen A. sounds off on what's wrong in OKC. RG3 joins the show and has some advice for Deshaun Watson and Carson Wentz. I'm the process and I want to be the process. And now, here's Michael Smith and Janelle Hill. Oh, America, look at us. We're standing up to start the show now. Uh, don't worry, this isn't the end of the excitement. Uh, Kawhi Leonard makes his season debut against the Mavericks tonight. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, but first, let's start with Kawhi, right? All right. Why not? Why not? Okay. <laughs> so, uh, as I mentioned, a big debut tonight for Kawhi Leonard who will play for the first time this season as the Spurs visit the Mavericks. Leonard came in at number three in our preseason rank. Uh, behind only LeBron James and Kevin Durant. Now, San Antonio's offense has held its own without Leonard, ranking 12th in the NBA in efficiency. But a dip was expected without Kawhi, considering they ranked fourth over the last two seasons when Leonard started 89% of their games. For sure, Kawhi's absence led to some production issues at the three San Antonio's starting small forwards this season are averaging just 9.6 points per game, 21st in the league. Is it a relief to have him back, or is it more well, looking for Any team would like to have one of their best players back. That's fairly logical. What's the biggest challenge of getting him back in the mix? Uh, it's not one particular thing. You know, the team's been playing well. We hope that uh, it'll continue as Tony and Kawhi get more minutes. But there'll be adjustments all the way around. Minutes will be different for different players. Just typical. It's not that complicated. All right, Michael Wright joining us uh, for from the Spurs game tonight in Dallas. Uh, how long will Kawhi stay on a minutes restriction? Ooh, Jamel, that is a very good question. And the reason why I say that is because Obviously, you know that the Spurs will always, always, always exercise on the side of caution when it comes to bringing back a player from an injury. As a matter of fact, I talked to GM R.C. Buford about that, and he said that, hey, we're always going to make sure that we take care of the best interest of the player before trying to rush somebody back on the court. So I would say the best frame of reference would be Tony Parker. Tony Parker, when he made his debut on November 27th, he played 14 minutes, and as the season has gone along, they've gradually ramped up his minutes. Now, obviously, Kawhi Leonard is more of a high-usage player, and, you know, Tony Parker's only going to play about 20 minutes a game max. But he's already at that 20 minutes a game max that I was just saying. And so Kawhi Leonard, I think they will gradually just ramp him up throughout the season, and then once they get comfortable with him, he'll be back to full-time Kawhi. It'll be the Kawakening. <laughs> I see what you did there. And go ahead. It's okay to laugh at your own joke. No cool points lost. <laughs> All right, thank you. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, Big Mike. It's a big night, not just for the Spurs, but really for the game. Just because Kawhi is so low-key doesn't mean we have to be ho-hum over the season debut of a two-time Defensive Player of the Year and MVP candidate. If for some strange reason you're unfamiliar with Kawhi's return, the 19-8 Spurs get back a consensus top three to five player, the league's fifth best player over the previous two seasons in terms of player efficiency rating, trailing only a quartet of MVP winners. All right, now let's talk about another big debut, Lonzo Ball. He will be making his Madison Square debut less than an hour from now right here on this network. That's called 
your cue to stay tuned. Anyway, uh, since Magic said Lonzo's jersey should one day be in the rafters at Staples, then Lonzo should know that Magic had a triple-double in his debut, 19, 10, and 11. In a moment, we'll show you what other noteworthy Lakers did in their MSG debut. But let's talk to someone who used to light it up at the Garden, both as a Nick and as an opponent. Yeah, Mark Jackson's on a call for Knicks-Lakers. Mark, so Lonzo's used to being under the spotlight, but there's a spotlight, and then there's the garden. So what's Lonzo in store for as he takes center stage in the Mecca for the first time? Well, you're so right. When he's used to playing at the Staples Center with a lot of superstars, Hollywood music stars, this is a different breed here in Madison Square Garden. Special memories, special moments, and the lights are just different for some reason. You can't find a better place in the land to play. He's a guy that's going to have to remain calm, cool, and collective, trust his teammates, and allow the game to dictate to him which Alonzo Ball we see tonight. On the other side, you got the New York Knicks. A pleasant surprise so far. Uh, Chris Stapps Porzingis obviously taking a leap uh, as the face of the franchise, as the go-to guy in the absence of Carmelo Anthony. But is it more than just addition by subtraction when it comes to Porzingis? As in, what else have you seen from him besides just not having to defer to Melo any longer? Well, I like the fact that they didn't just, well, you can say they handed him the star role, but with all due respect, he earned it. He took it and embraced it and has performed uh, to an elite level early on in this season. Offensively taking the challenge of being that go-to guy, facing double teams, sometimes triple teams, initiating offense, being unselfish, defensively blocking shots, altering shots, and making plays in transition. The guy is a superstar, and they are very excited about him in New York City. All right, look forward to hearing lots more from you coming up on the call from MSG. Thank you, Mark Jackson. Alonzo Ball, as Jamel mentioned, looking to join the long list of Laker great guards someday. Here's a look at how a couple others did their first night playing Madison Square Garden. Kobe Bryant made his debut in New York in his second career game in 96, scored a point in three minutes. And as Jamel mentioned, 20-year-old Magic Johnson recorded a triple-double there in February 1980. I'm guessing Alonzo lands somewhere in the middle, maybe a line along the lines of the logos 10, 10, and 5 in November 19th. I'm going to assume he can do better than a point, right? Well, <laughs> uh, Carson Wentz will be just the third time a quarterback led his team to 11 victories but not started a playoff game, joining Phil Simms in 1990 and Derek Carr last season. I've already said I see this situation more likely playing out with Nick Foles playing the role of Jeff Hostetler more so than Matt McGloin and Connor Cook. For what it's worth, our football power index still has the Eagles as pretty overwhelming favorites to win their last three games, so it certainly helps if Nick Foles only has to win two for the Eagles to win the big one. Eagles quarterback Nick Foles doesn't have to look far to find someone who has been in his spot. His offensive coordinator, Frank Reich, relieved Jim Kelly and helped lead the Bills to a Super Bowl appearance in 1993. Reich hasn't dusted off his old comeback win over the Oilers or shared too many experiences from those moments. But there was one thing that he wanted to pass along. I remember when uh, in, those, in that year, everybody thought, well, hey, Jim Kelly, no huddle offense. And it was like, now the offense is going to have to change because the franchise quarterback was out and this backup was coming in who didn't have the same skill set. And I remember as the backup going in and talking to our coaches and saying, don't change anything. This is the offense that I know. This is the offense that I want to run. This is the offense that our players are used to. Let's just keep this thing rolling. We'll get it done. we got the guys in this room to get it done. I don't expect it to look different at all. Why is that? Because this is our offense. This is the Eagles offense. This is the one that is the DNA of this team, and we're going to do what we do. We have so many tremendous players on offense that can do a lot of different things. So um, 
all we, we just have to go out there and execute, have a great re- week of work, and uh, just keep moving. Foles has gone from starter, including in 2013, where he threw 27 touchdowns to two interceptions in the first year under Chip Kelly, to bench player. He's been traded and released, and now he's the starter again back in Philadelphia. He believes that all of those experiences have created this moment, and he says that he's ready for it. History says that he at least has a shot. From Philadelphia, Tim McManus, ESPN. All right, SportsCenter continues with the Thunder continuing to underachieve. All right. uh, Thunder were outscored by five points in 29 minutes with their big three on the floor together in Monday's home loss to the Hornets. OKC had a defensive efficiency of 130.5 with this big three on the floor together. Second worst in the game this season. Safe to assume Melo didn't have anything nice to say, so he said nothing at all to the media last night. Probably also had an idea of what was coming. More questions about him moving to the bench amid speculation that it already might be time to blow this thing up, Jamel. Uh, it hasn't been the smoothest transition to OKC for Melo, who's averaging 18 points per game with just 40% shooting, both of which would rank as the worst marks of his career. He also hasn't been nearly as aggressive as as we've seen in his previous stops in Denver and New York, just 16.5% of his points this season have come in the paint, also a career low. And while he's known as a being a mid-range maestro, just 41.8% from that range this season. All right, a few little technical difficulties, but I think people get the gist, the gist of it, Woj. Uh, Thunder really, really struggling here. What's the biggest issue that the Thunder kind of need to figure out right now? Well, short term, it's offensively, you know, their big three playing together. They've been elite defensively uh, in the league so far this year. But every among, you know, Westbrook, uh, Paul George, Carmelo Anthony, all have had to make adjustments. The ball needs to move better there. They need better play from their bench. Um, And so that's the short-term answer. The long-term question is, we are two months away from the trade deadline. Paul George, Paul George is a free agent this summer, and Oklahoma City's got to make a decision about whether they're willing to go into free agency and lose Paul George for nothing, or do they make a decision at the trade deadline to try to get something back for him? Any indication whether Sam Presti, if they don't turn this thing around, already has his finger kind of on that button to blow this thing up and flip Paul George? Any indication from your sources? Like which way they're leaning is what they would do, or would they see this thing through this year? Well, here's the thing. They're going to have to go to Paul George at some point this season okay. and say, take his temperature. Where are you on a long-term commitment here? And if they're not playing well, if it hasn't, they haven't turned the corner, it's going to be very hard for Paul George in February to say, hey, I'm sure I want to stay, because there's no yeah. reason for him to give that commitment. And then to get anything for Paul George in a deal uh, – a team who trade for him would want to know they could re-sign him. So Otherwise, same thing all over again. It really yeah. is. Yeah. And, and then it's does he work with Paul George to find a team where they can get some assets back? Because Paul George, there are teams who would take Paul as a rental who maybe he could put them over the top. Mm-hmm. But you're not giving away a lot of long-term assets. These are difficult questions. The payroll is gigantic this year. And then next year with this team, with that big three, uh, much bigger than a small market team can pay. Real quick on, on Melo, I think we actually have the sound from him or the sound uh, that we we're going to play in a second. But I want to ask you first, uh, you look at what his fellow banana boat buddy, if you will, Dwayne Wade, 
his decision to go ahead and move to the bench, what's that done, what that's done for the Cavs. You got Chris Paul, obviously Mike D'Antoni done a massive job of staggering he and James Harden. At what point, given the struggles that they're having playing together, does Melo say, you know what, if I want to win, I'm going to help to help our bench unit, which is struggling. And, and that's, I think, a question for Carmelo to answer because people have questioned in the past his commitment to winning and adjusting his role to, to you know, be a difference maker. He is not the same player he was. You've seen him fall off. $28 million opt-in on his deal next year. Oklahoma City has to assume right now that he opts in and takes that contract, and that makes it real difficult for them to have a team around you know, Westbrook next year. All right, let's hear from Melo himself. I had a FaceTime session with my son. So I skipped out on you guys yesterday. I apologize. Your thoughts just That's true, though. That's true. That's true. Yeah, school night. Respect level is, is, is high. You know, there's no, there's no, no one's going against Billy. You know, he, he's given us an incredible game plan all season long. Um, you know, there, there's a, there was, there's a high level of respect for, for his position and, 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 you know, what he's wanting from us. You know, it's, it's, there's, there's no line of disrespect at all. Yeah, we hear what uh, the words that are coming out of OKC, the Thunder's mouths, if you will, Stephen A. Smith. Everybody's sort of playing nice, but clearly some frustration there. So how long does this continue before OKC has to do something drastic to reverse this? Well, I think Woj said it best. It's got to be something done before the trading deadline in terms of really gauging the temperature of Paul George. He's approaching free agency. You know you're going to want to keep him. You're definitely keeping Russell Westbrook. He re-upped for $200 million plus. And then there's the Carmelo Anthony factor. You've got a three-headed monster that is all putting up numbers, but at the same time, they're all shooting about 41% from the field or less. It's not working offensively, and who would have ever thought that? Defensively, they're an elite team. Offensively, they've been very, very suspect. And they got to figure it out because if you're Sam Presti, it really comes down to Billy Donovan because you don't want to get rid of Paul George, and you can't get rid of Carmelo Anthony, who's owed $28 million next year. So you've got to make a decision as to whether or not the coach is the right guy. Billy Donovan is a two-time national champion as a coach on the collegiate level, but there have been times we've been watching him this year, and we've been finding ourselves saying, excuse me, this ain't college. Those are some college plays you're running right there. So we got to look at it from the standpoint that the players themselves might be questioning it, but they're too classy and they're too professional to admit it. So don't expect them to tell the truth but it's a question mark right now in Oklahoma City. Now Stephen A right now you're at Lakers Knicks right there at MSG so let's talk about something that Kobe told Spectrum Sportsnet. Uh, He talked about Lonzo Ball and the younger players with the Lakers. He said Lonzo needs to get better now. Kyle Kuzma better now. Julius Randle better now. Players you want that now. We never thought okay we're going to win four years from now. We really thought this is our year. We're going to get this done. We're going to push 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 to get better now and in the process of having that impatience you develop if you're just patiently going about it you'll never get there for players it's kind of patience impatience interesting message Uh, from what you're hearing how is that message being received by the Lakers younger players well, everybody understands that. It seems but Lonzo Ball, the, right, the fact of the matter is when you look at him, you know his shot is ugly. You know that he can't, he's not a good shooter right now. But the real issue with him is the lack of aggression. 
he's passive-aggressive. He's very, very passive, to be quite honest with you, and it's incredibly alarming for a number two overall pick. I've been saying this for weeks, and bravo to Kobe for saying what he said. Magic Johnson has alluded to it before. Luke Walton has alluded to it before. His daddy, LeVar Ball, has alluded to it on several occasions. I don't know why he hasn't consistently gotten that message. We've watched him on many occasions score in single digits, not really putting up any buckets, and on top of it all, Donovan Mitchell, Dennis Smith Jr., Jason Tatum, De'Aaron Fox, Josh Jackson. The list goes on and on of first-round picks who at least go after it. That is the problem with Lonzo Ball. He doesn't go for it on a night-in, night-out basis. That's the issue that needs to be addressed. And somehow, some way, somebody's got to get that inside of his head. So it's a great, great thing that Kobe said it because it was the absolute truth. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what the reception is like for Lonzo tonight in the garden. Some tells me might be some booze there. All right, thank you. Thanks, man. Hey, not quite the level of Kawhi Leonard, but the reinforcements are arriving for the Cavs in the form of Tristan Thompson, expected to come off the bench tonight against the Hawks. Thompson's been out since November 1st with a strained calf. And given that the Cavs have won 14 of 15, Ty Lue has opted to stick with Kevin Love at center. Thompson's cool with it. Needless to say, so is LeBron. First of all, I mean, we have to get him acclimated back to what we're doing. He hasn't played since November 1st. You know, and it's, uh, what, today is the 10th, 11th? I don't know. 11th? So, whatever that is. So, it's over a month, you know, and uh, you know, he has to get his win back. He has to get his rhythm back. So, you know, we're going to – I don't think it's going to be like right now. Boom. Um, so, um, you know, but we're happy to have him back for sure. He's a big piece of our team. Uh, he's going to be a big piece of our team long term. So, you know, we're happy to have him back and integrate him back to what we're doing. All right, now Thompson's return, of course, would seem to benefit Cleveland most at the defensive end for whatever it's worth in last year's postseason. They were significantly better defensively with Thompson on the court, holding opponents at just 58% shooting within five feet of the basket. Of course, new year, new team. Going to let you guys in on a little secret, something you may not know about me. I'm a fan of Joel Embiid. His game often has drawn comparisons to Hakeem Olajuwon, but his potential plus his personality give him a chance to be this generation's Shaq. I said last year he was the best thing to happen to the NBA in a long time. So let me just say I'm a little envious of my girl Ramona Shelburne, who spent some quality time with the process to discuss his approach to social media, being the face of the Sixers, and of course, trusting it. Joel Embiid does it again. Oh, Embiid, get it out, Timmy. Standing ovation right now. What did it mean to you that the Sixers signed you for that five-year, $147 million extension? That just showed me that they care about me. I only played 31 games, and I was really grateful for that opportunity to be able to get that kind of money and be able to be the uh, face of the franchise. How long have you believed that you could be that? I think the summer going into my third year, and that's when I figured out that uh, I had a chance. Like, this was my time, this was my team, and I just had to like, keep on walking and um, be healthy. When you're at the free throw line and everybody's yelling, trust the process, how does that make you feel? I actually love it. I love when it's loud. I hate when it's quiet. When the fans are into the game, it just takes me to another level. Did you ever think, like, maybe people may not like the reference to Sam Hinkie? I don't care. You know, I'm the process. Everything that has happened for the past four years, I've been here. I went through all of it, and I also feel that, I mean, 
you also kind of lost his job because I missed two years. Maybe that might have been a different story if I would have played during my first two years. I'm the process, and I want to be the process. It doesn't matter what people think. There are some people who would call you an internet troll. You agree? Yeah, uh, you know, you can call me troll while I'm big, basically. <laughs> you know, that's that's my nature. I love having fun. It's just a part of my game. It makes me want to back it up because I know that, oh, I was on social media talking, so I got to back it up. And then it just elevates my game. It just takes my game to the next level. So it actually helps me a lot. When you're about to get drafted, I heard your agent at the time got you a social media coach? Yeah. How long did that last? I think it helped me, but once I found out that I could say whatever I wanted to, uh, <laughs> from that day, it just took off. You know, you can't do anything behind the keyboard, so I felt like I had a lot of power behind the keyboard, and that's what I did. So who's the real Joel Embiid? The guy behind the keyboard or the guy sitting here right now? The guy sitting, sitting here right now. You know, I can be I can be shy, too. Like when I'm around woman, I'm, I'm really shy, but... No, I don't know. Embiid drives, scores! Wow, what a play by Embiid. 46 for Embiid. 46 points, 15 rebounds, 7 assists, and 7 blocks. No one has ever done that. How is a guy who's been playing basketball for 6 years do something like that? It definitely took a lot of hard work. I feel like I still got a long way to go. I'm still learning the game, and I can get so much better. By the Lakers game, I feel like it wasn't like I was just making shots. It wasn't like I was just hot. I was just playing basketball. There's really nobody doing anything to me, and I feel like I always get what I wanted, so it's just on me to like either make the shot or miss. Hey, Ramona Shelburne, you are at Lakers-Knicks. You're here now, but let's talk Embiid, all right? Still yeah. not clear for back-to-backs. Mm-hmm. He rested on Saturday, scratched Sunday with back tightness just moments after Carson Wentz went down. So tough day for Philly. Uh, but how is Joel Embiid handling the Sixers' cautious approach? Well, look, I mean, you can't go through life feeling like you're made of glass, right? And I think that's part of Joel Embiid. I mean, he has this sense of, like, I want to get right up next to the fire and I want to feel the heat. I don't want to touch it, but I like feeling like it's right there. And I think that's kind of how he approaches the injury stuff. I mean, he's had to make a lot of modifications to his lifestyle. He, you know, he told me he's like a total night out. He stays up all night playing video games. He realized, oh, you know what? If I need to stay healthy, I've got to get sleep. So that's like a big thing that he's had to change. He stopped eating dairy because it causes inflammation. If you talk to him after games, he's got this guy working on his calf muscle and his quad all the whole time. I mean, it's kind of just part of his lifestyle now is worrying about his health and thinking about his health. And yet I use that word worry like it, like he actually is worried. You can't go through life. You cannot go through and be the kind of player he wants to be if you are worried. And so I think a lot of what he does is sort of feeling and making himself feel like he's not walking around and being made of glass and feeling brave. That's a great life lesson there, Ramona. Like my grandparents used to say, either yep. worry or pray. Don't do both. Appreciate That's you. That's right. <laughs> this will not stop me. I will come back stronger than ever. We still have something special. It's just been the next man up. I promise this will not stop me and I will come back stronger than ever. All right, since making his NFL debut in week one of last season, Carson Wentz has been contacted 171 times, fourth most in the league in that span, behind only Cam Newton, Tyrod Taylor, and Russell Wilson. 
Now, another young QB that took a lot of hits early in the year was Deshaun Watson, who tore his ACL in practice back in early November. Through week eight, Watson had been contacted 57 times, fourth most in the NFL. And unfortunately, our guests with us today, RG3, you know a lot about being hit. You also know a lot about suffering uh, season-ending injuries. Um, looking at Carson Wentz and Deshaun Watson and maybe even hearing that stat about how much they've been hit, do these two guys for their own futures need to kind of change the way they play? I don't think they need to change their style of play. I just think they have to know when to give up on the play. Uh, it's something that I learned that I wasn't able to showcase last year with Cleveland uh, under the tutelage of Hugh Jackson and Pep Hamilton. It was just about learning when to give up on the play, when to throw the ball away, when to slide a little bit earlier. I think those are the things they need to work on, uh, but their style of play is what makes them great. You know, you can't tell a guy that can use his feet, don't use his feet. We know you haven't given up on your goals mm -hmm. of being a successful quarterback in the NFL. You've made it known that you're ready and willing and available whenever somebody wants you. But on the flip side, when you look at all the quarterbacks who have been on NFL rosters and played this year, why do you think you don't have a job in the NFL right now and you're sitting here talking to us? Uh, I think it's, it's more so because I wasn't able to get into the offseason work and work with the team. Um, I had interest in the offseason. It just wasn't the right fit. And I had to make that decision for myself to say, look, if I don't accept this offer, there's a chance I won't play football this year. And I, I would you know, talk to my family, and I was okay with that, okay with the fact that it might happen. Who was that but, offer from? Uh, I had an offer from Arizona and also from Baltimore. Um, but it's not like me saying, hey, I'm okay with not playing football. I love football. I miss the game. Yeah. Uh, I'm here today to talk to you guys because I want to show that I've been watching. I, I am ready. So I haven't given up on 2017 yet. There's some teams out there that still need quarterback help and may need quarterback help going into the playoffs. Why weren't those two places good fits for you? Uh, in Arizona, the, the, the reason it wasn't a good fit uh, was because they had already, you know, Carson was there. I was willing to come in and learn behind uh, an experienced veteran quarterback who's done a lot of great things. Uh, they had the backup in Stanton, right. uh, and they had also brought in Blaine Gabbert. Right. And there wasn't nobody, – nobody lets four quarterbacks right. get, get practice time. That was the issue. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the coach. The coach is a great coach. He's a quarterback whisperer, and I wanted to go there and learn from him, and it's a stable franchise. So that, that was all great. It just wasn't the right situation for me, and I had to make that decision and, and just – you know, try to make the, the smart, educated decision. Similar deal in Baltimore? Uh, Baltimore was just, they, uh, they, they offered me a contract right before the first preseason game to start against the Redskins. Oh. And uh, so, you know, selfishly, I could have said, yeah, I'll take that. I'll, I want to go play against them. But I knew I wouldn't have been ready uh, with that offense, with those guys, to go put my best foot forward. So when I, when I step on the field the next time, I want to make sure I put my best foot forward and, and make sure that, uh, obviously, I stay healthy, but I get a, a nice repertoire with the team and with the, with the, with the athletes uh, and the coaches. But Make right your next now, move your best move. Make your next <laughs> move your best move. But right now, with the teams that, that are in playoff contention that may need a QB, I'm ready. Ironically, uh, you see how Arizona's quarterback situation right. uh, turned out. A lot of... A lot of change, moving parts, a lot, lot of chains. Okay, you brought up uh, the Redskins, and I can understand. If there was one game you needed to be ready for, <laughs> it was def definitely facing your old team. Right. Uh, clearly, uh, in terms of dysfunction, a lot hasn't changed right. there. Uh, you look at the situation with, with Kirk Cousins. Uh, he's playing under the franchise tag for a second straight year. So they still don't have that position settled, right, right. despite the fact of, of when they drafted him alongside with you. Is there a part of you seeing – how this situation played out with Kirk Cousins, uh, they thought that they were getting their guy. Is there a part of you that said, be care that thinks to yourself, be careful what you wish for? 
man, I mean, y'all bringing me back now. You know, D.C. was, uh, for me, two, two and a half years ago. Um, I love D.C. I've always got love for them. They know that. Uh, it's a weird situation they got going on there right now. Um, you know, you got players coming out in the locker room saying different things. Uh, quarterback doesn't want to commit to the team or whatever it may be. Um, but for me, I've tried to stay away, stay away from that situation. I, I have my two years, two and a half years. Um, do I wish I had more time in D.C.? 100 percent. I think when you give up that many picks for a guy, he gets more time. I didn't get that time, so I moved on. I don't know what to say about what they got going on right now, but it just doesn't seem, what, it doesn't seem good, uh, whether it's infighting on the team, infighting with y'all media and their media, whatever it may be. I don't know what's going on, uh, and, and frankly, it's not my job to know what's going on. Well, we wish you the best, man. It's good to see you. Good to see your family. Yeah. And look forward to seeing you back on the field sooner rather than later. I appreciate that, guys. All right, All right. man. Take God care. God bless. All right, let's stay in the beltway, but move to baseball's winter meetings in Orlando, where Orioles third baseman Manny Machado is at the center of trade buzz. Now, Buck Showalter said today if Machado is still on the team next year, they're going to move him uh, back to shortstop. He played all 156 last year at third base, but will he be a Yankee? Well, Cerrone's saying that the Yankees are among the teams interested in swinging a deal. Yeah, because the Yankees have been quiet, Jamel. Yeah, way to give it away, Mike. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> this is thing called Twitter. No, I know, but still, that's why Pedro Gomez is here to tell us the latest. I, a lot of people, their head are probably going to explode just hearing the possibility. What are you hearing about the possibility of Manny Machado winding up in New York after they've only signed the NL, the reigning NL MVP? Well, the issue with Machado is that he's a free agent after the end of next season. So if, the, if he's not committed to staying with the Orioles, the Orioles may as well try to explore a way to get something for one of the best players in the game. Now, whether that's the Yankees or not, that's going to be the hard part for really a lot of people to swallow. Number one being the owner, Peter Angelos. Look, the Orioles have always had a history that they could work out a deal. Their baseball people can work out a deal. And Peter Angelos, the owner, could say... No, we're not doing it at the last second. So that's the issue with that possibility. But certainly Machado leaving town, if they think they can't keep him, bet on him moving somewhere just because you've got to try to get something for a player of that caliber. All right. Speaking of players on the move, another one who's creating a lot of buzz is J.D. Martinez. What's the latest there? Yeah, Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of people talk about Giancarlo Stanton's season. But don't forget that J.D. Martinez had 45 home runs and only played 119 games. He was hurt the first five, six weeks of the season. Had really statistically, you could say, a better season than Stanton. Now, he is set to meet with a few clubs, I've been told, here during the next day to day and a half. One of them being the Boston Red Sox. So you know that the Red Sox are trying to say, okay, the Yankees went for Stanton. We're going to have to do something to try to match. And if that's the case, J.D. Martinez certainly would fill a big void in the middle of that Red Sox lineup where they really had trouble with the home run ball last season. This is somebody that, like I said, 45 home runs in just 119 games. That green monster is not that far away for a guy like this. All right. Thanks, Pedro. Hot stove season in full effect. Hey, Mike, I got a pop quiz for you. Who do you think leads the NBA in technical fouls? This answer may surprise you. Well, the video gives it away. It does. But you would have guessed Boogie Cousins, who received his league-leading ninth technical foul of the season last night when he shoved Trevor Ariza 
in the second quarter. Speaking of league leading, so the Rockets, best record in the league, Kevin lost to Chris Paul, mm-hmm. Harden has 17 more assists, won their 10 straight. At what point is there anything they can do in this regular season? to make people view them as the favorite in the West over Golden State. I don't think And a top five defense, I believe. I don't think so because I think usually the way it goes in the NBA is is sort of a, especially if you're you're trying to unseat a champion. They'll believe it when they see it. They'll believe it when they see it. I believe in this team, but I hear it's tough to do against the Warriors. They're legitimate, true. If anybody's been built to perfection to knock that team off, it's this team. They got it going on at both. I guess Harden and Paul can play together, right? Um, I've never doubted it. Holy shocker, Batman. The Bulls beat the Celtics by 23 points thanks to a combined 47 from Nikola Miritich and Bobby Portis. The Bulls are 3-0 and since Miritich returned from the broken jaw, and they were 3-20 and before that. Now, Here's both, the punchline, right? Yep, here is. Both the Comcast, Sportsnet broadcast, and the Sometimes had some fun with this Bulls, you know, headline. It, was, it wrote itself. One-two punch. Har-har. Well, See what you did there. Staying with the face theme, they kind of... They're, they're, they're hurting themselves, right? I was about to say cutting up the nose despite their face, but that's not actually what they're doing right okay. now. I'm sorry. But they won three in a row. Stop winning. Yes, you know, I, I, I get it. You know, you're supposed to be bottoming out to put yeah, talent the around them. Meritage shouldn't even be on a team after what happened, but hey, at least they're working and playing nice together. Adam Benatari, he went 0 for 2 in that blizzard in Buffalo, dropping his field goal percentage to a measly 88%. He gets a half million dollar bonus if he finishes above 90, meaning he has to go at least 5 for 5 on field goals over the next three games. It ain't my money. Just get that man, give him a half a million dollars. You yeah. right by Adam Vinatieri. I know. It, it would seem like they would just want to give him this. A lot Hall of Famer. You yes. Know? Uh, especially being that close to it. But if I'm him, extra practice time. Hitting all. Like he hit, needs Hitting it. everything <laughs> on the it's way out. It's a headline when Adam Vinatieri goes 0 for 2 in a blizzard. Yeah, I mean, it's a blizzard. Did you see the people that weren't supposed to be on the field clearing the way for him? Because they know. They respect the greatness. Uh, Dolphins took down the Patriots at home. Capped off by this Truly awful. I bet you work better in practice. Onside kick. Don't they always work better in practice? Um, that happened under a minute left in the game. And here's Bill Belichick. You know, he was in great spirits afterwards. Can you explain the onside kick? What happened there? that kick. He recovered it. I think any of the guys might have been looking at the next week, looking past Miami. I miss those days. <laughs> I kind of do. Wait, wait, who was the first person to talk about professional football players? Looking past people. They knew what they were going to get. It's Miami where they've struggled. Yes, Brady's career record speaks for itself. Well, Brady's got a new toy. Kenny Britt falling upward. Right. Two-year deal. Went from the the outhouse to the penthouse. Yeah, losing his team. Two-year deal gives them a big body receiver. They're lacking something, I guess. The Patriots, they need more weapons. Yeah. So, all right, we all know that Leangelo and LaMelo, this is our obligatory portion of the show devoted to the ball family. They signed professional contracts with the Lithuanian Basketball Club yesterday. If they, their coach not speaking English would be the most surprising part of the situation, you might be wrong. This is not a great move. They're going to a small village in the south of Lithuania. Uh, they might not even be getting paid. The average player on their they team... They might not even be getting paid? <laughs> why is that a surprise? You don't do it for the money? Mike. Do what you love Just and the money will follow. And why would Lonzo, me to say. why would Lazo Ball come to New York trolling Nas? It, it, look, don't get me started. 
feeling like, you know, get off my lawn. Yesterday, people got a kick out of our top five MC conversation. Get your Nas take off. Nas is my number one MC. All time. All time. I respect it. Okay. Black Thought, Jay. King of New York right now, that guy right there. New York State Ice of Mind. That's Lakers my hot Knicks. take. Ice Cube in the top five MC contest. That's coming up when we're done. All right, uh, 15 years ago today, man, I feel old, LeBron and St. Vincent St. Mary knocked off number one Oak Hill, 65-45, and Cleveland on ESPN2, a 17-year-old LeBron James scored 31 points, had 13 rebounds and six assists. And here was LeBron after the game with Jay Billis, who looks a little different. LeBron, with all the hype going into this game, playing against the number one team on national television, did you feel a lot of pressure coming into this? Well, you know, um, you know, it's a different game, a different atmosphere today. And today, you know, we're playing the number one team in the country. And I don't think it was no pressure for our team. I think it was more pressure for the fans, you know, to come here. You know, we lost the last two years, and we just wanted to come here and get a victory. That looks looking like me. Well, both of them had a little more hair than they do now. Uh, Devin Esther, the all-time leader in combined kickoff and punt returns for touchdowns, announced his retirement via Twitter today, ending his letter by saying, quote, hopefully next time I'll see y'all, it'll, I see y'all, it'll be in Canton. It had better of be. Of course he will it be had in Canton. better be. One of the most electric returners in the league. We had a good day today. All right, it was a good day for Latanya Whiteside and her son Jaheim because this morning Ward Dunn's charity in conjunction with the Detroit Lions and Habitat for Humanity gave this family the best Christmas present ever, a home fully furnished, of course. Now, in case you forgot, Dunn also did the same thing for Deshaun Watson and his family when Watson was a kid. And if you're in Detroit, you can see the full story on Channel 7. Yeah, they're up to about 150 or so families mm-hmm. that they've touched in this way. Meanwhile, in an era of college coaches completely jumping ship for the next big contract, next gig, new Nebraska head coach Scott Frost fulfilling his promise to his Central Florida players by returning to Orlando with his entire staff to prepare for Central Florida's Peach Bowl game against Auburn. The decision not very popular in Nebraska as Husker fans would rather have Frost on the recruiting trail. Lastly, Happy Founders Day to the National Association of Black Journalists, founded on this day in 1975. We both appreciate all you do and all that you've been over the years. We are done. Stay tuned for Lakers Next. We'll see you all tomorrow.